What's up, guys? This is David, and this is a special edition uh, of the Tiscan Podcast that is basically my tournament audio notes from the Alamo GT in San Antonio, Texas, and the Bay Area Open from San Francisco. Uh, both of these events took place in May of 2019. Uh, I did very well at the uh, Alamo GT and very not well at the Bay Area Open this year. Uh, Roughly running the same list, uh, for your reference, it was three Lord Discordants, the big Lord of Change with the Impossible Rogue, uh, Aramon, a Terminator Sorcerer, a bunch of Zangors, about 50, 60 of them, uh, some Rubric Marines and some Chaos Space Marines. Uh, if you're looking for the full list, I'm sure you could find it. It's uh, out on the Thousand Suns subreddit. Uh, otherwise, uh, these notes are basically just things that I took down as the games were going on, uh, the just thoughts I was going through or just kind of replaying what was happening in the game, catching mistakes I made. Um, the idea here is just to give you guys kind of like a, you know, in the mind of a tournament player playing with some Thousand Suns stuff and to give you an idea of how those matches go and uh, maybe help you out in your own game. So with that, here we go. Okay, so it's Friday, 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm leaving Houston. It's 90 degrees outside. And we're on our way to the San Antonio Alamo GT. I've got a few thoughts for this weekend. I'm thinking mostly about what's going to happen from a matchup standpoint. I don't know what to expect. The last few tournaments I've been to, I've had very bad results from just poor matchups. Um, you know, Arkansas this year was. Uh, a really bad combination where I fought Cadians, Tau, Yanari a couple times, and those were just matchups that, even for my list, which I thought was half decent, just I I couldn't play my way out of those matches. And then at Dallas, I actually drew some tough matchups, even though I had a couple in there that worked out in my favor. Um, you know, one against Katachan that could have gone bad, but worked out okay. Another one against Trip Knights, which could have been rough, but the, the draw against those Knights ended up being okay just because he didn't have the, the right war gear on his Knights to deal with me. My worry is really if I have to fight a Trip Knight with two Crusaders, uh, that's going to be a problem. And I've had a hard time dealing with the Knights getting into combat with me, and their sweeping foot attacks against the Zangors are... Uh, pretty pretty tough to, to deal with. So, you know, if I think that's going to happen, I have to do my best to to buff my Zangors and minus one to hit, four up inbound save, do everything I can to keep them alive. Um, and in those matchups, I'm starting to think that maybe the best thing to do is not throw the Lord Discordance at him right away. Uh, probably to think about holding them in terrain if I can. Uh, or hiding them, uh, but if I can't, then I've obviously got to put them in there, into the knights, and I probably should just focus on putting them all into the same knight at the same time. Um, 
other than that, I don't know what else I'm going to really be able to do, aside from also getting the Lord a change in there, smiting, things of that nature. One thing I have done, which I'm going to have to put up onto the community, is uh, I've got a cheat sheet that I use. It's not really a cheat sheet. It's more of just a uh, a tool that makes it easy to keep track of your psychic powers and to make picking them very quick uh, at the start of your at the beginning of the game. Uh, and the method I've been using is basically to get the get this print it up, and then I take it to, like, a UPS store or something, and I have them laminate it for me. And then what I'm able to use is a dry erase marker on the laminate, and it makes it easy for me to just, you know, wipe it away and reset for each game. And I think it's something that other people might find useful. So matchups are obviously going to be a big a big issue going to have a lot to do with, I think, how I do. Um, obviously, there were some mistakes I made at Dallas, like with Necron. i got to make sure that I don't forget about the main abilities that they have. One of the things I'm going to try and do tonight is go through a refresher of the main armies and what your focus needs to be when you're playing each of them. I think in terms of lists, the only ones I'm really, really worried about I think the flyer list is probably the one at the top. Trip Knights or Dual Crusaders is probably the second one that I'm worried about. Um, a Castellan, I can handle. Uh, most of the other armies I can handle. Cadians is probably at the very top of the list. Uh, just simply because, you know, you get Cadian tank commanders, and they can pretty much just delete whatever they want each turn, even the impossible Lord of Change, uh, he can be taken out relatively easily. And I think that's going to be kind of the main thing. I think this is also going to be fun because it's going to be the last ride of the Yanari. I don't know how many people are actually going to be running uh, Yanari. I think it's going to come down to a lot of people actually using the flyers more even from the folks that I know that are that have been thinking about Yanari and what to do with them, most of the list variations I've seen still focus very heavily on at least six flyers, at least three Razor Wings and three Crimson Hunters. Uh, so that's going to be a that, – that still, I think, is going to be a tough matchup. I mean, even if I can – even if I can get through the flyers. So it's just kind of one of those things that depends on what the what the board objectives are that I've drawn and what what's going to happen from there. So Okay, so round 1 has begun. I am playing Chris Carlisle and he has Dark Eldar. He has a good split between Cabal the Blackheart and he's got his he's got a weird combination of like a Tantalus. He's got a bunch of Venoms, two Ravagers. And he's got a big squad of Hellions. He's also got three squads of Witches, uh, three squads of Cabalite Warriors. So uh, basically we drew Dawn of War, and he is, uh, we're, we're deployed in opposite corners. Uh, so he deployed first, and the issue was um, with, his, with his shooting that he had 
uh, I was a little bit worried about him taking out like my Lord Discordance. So what I've done is I've hid my Lord Discordance and cover as best as I can. I decided not to take prepared positions just to you know opt for not taking the two up or the one uh, plus one to save on the two up armor already on those guys. I've got them toe in and cover, and they're they're hidden behind a big ruin. So. I'm kind of hoping on, on that. I've got one squad of brimstones that's sitting way out off to the right. Um, he's in the process of basically putting the Tantalus up in my face, and his other stuff is moving across. So in terms of pre-deployment and everything, I've left uh, two big squads of Zangors in reserve with my Terminator Sorcerer. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, we're both kind of lined up here to... Um, I mean, he's, he's basically coming across the table to me, so... We're going to have to see what happens in terms of uh, uh, what he assaults me with or what he can assault me with. So that's that, and I'll take another note later on. Okay, so turn one is complete. Uh, the Tantalus got right up in my face. He charged me with it. Um, then I basically had my Zangors get in there. I veterans the Zangors just to do some damage. I took a few wounds off. Uh, basically got to the point where it, I had enough between my shooting and my assaults to kill it. Uh, so what I ended up doing was putting as much troops as I could around it uh, to surround it. Uh, unfortunately, there was a little bit of room I left, and he got a couple of his uh, uh, HQs out of it. Um, so now we're basically sitting. I got two Mark for Deaths that that went out because that covered uh, a unit that was in the Tantalus and the Tantalus itself. Uh, and now my Lord of Change is sitting out on point. I still have a good amount of troops out in front. Uh, he's still continuing to come towards me on the board, and... The rest of it is now just going to be a matter of uh, how do we play out board control and the rest of the uh, the board here. Uh, my discordants are going to be uh, in really good shape here coming coming up, um, and I've got engineers sitting in the building uh, on my brimstones. Okay, so turn two is over. Uh, the Lord of Change is dead. Uh, he basically just put all his poison shots into it, and that was enough. Just lots and lots of three-up saves I had to make and feel my pains. There just wasn't enough to keep him alive. Um, I still have one Chaos Space Marine squad down to one guy, which is the missile launcher left. Uh, I have one Lord Discordant, which is refusing to die. He's at one wound. He's been at one wound a couple times. Um, the Lord of Change actually periled himself off the board. Uh, he went to basically finish off a uh, witch leader that was sitting right next to him in the psychic phase, and unfortunately couldn't get himself out of combat, so that was that. Um, I did get both of my uh, big Zangor blobs are now on the table with the Terminator Sorcerer. Uh, they're, in, they're in his deployment zone now. I took behind enemy lines in the beginning, uh, so I kind of figured he was going to come towards me. Uh, so now I've been able to put them back there. I have one hiding in his deployment zone holding an objective he placed. Uh, I got the bonus point last time because I'm now controlling the two that I placed. Uh, and he's um, now starting to get some of his witches out, of the, out onto the board. Uh, the one benefit I've got is that he's all the way, um, if we're looking at the board from a hammer and anvil position, he's got um, uh, he's got his witches down all the way towards me, and all of my stuff is all the way on the other end from there. So uh, that kind of helps me a little bit. I have two Lord Discordants still up. Aramon is still up. Uh, another squad of uh, Brimstones is still up uh, as engineers that are in the ruins. Um, so now it is just a... Uh, we've kind of, uh, you know... I wouldn't say boxed them in, but we've we've kind of just spun around a little bit on the table. Uh, so we'll see how the uh, we'll see how the next uh, round here plays out. But right now, it's uh, 
Uh, I think the score uh, with with the five that I scored in primaries, I've already up to three on Mark for Death, uh, two on Engineers, and now I'm going to start uh, popping uh, behind enemy line points here, starting on turn three. Um, it's I, I'm I wouldn't say I'm in control of the game, but right at, right now it's definitely going my way. So we'll see how this goes. Okay, so the game is over, and officially I pulled it out. Uh, basically, the effect, the damage that he took uh, turn one when he put his Tantalus like right in my face, he couldn't recover from that, and then his blobs basically moved up the table, and as a result, um, that ac actually ended up working out um, according to the plan that I wanted, which was I put both of my Zangors in Deep Strike um, so that he would move forward, it would clear his uh, deployment zone, and uh, that would allow me to drop my Zangors into his backfield, and even if they're just sitting there, um, it still ended up working in my favor because that's where the objectives were. So I could actually kill um, kill off his ability to hold the um, objective on his side, so he wasn't getting a bonus, but I still had the two on my side, so that gives me the bonus. And that ended up just controlling the board at that point, so I'm getting five primaries each turn, and he's getting three, and then I was filling up my secondaries. So he did okay on his secondaries versus me. I think he got two out of the Reaper selections that he took, but then outside of that, um, you know, for the most part, I didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, the one big one that I made uh, towards the end was uh, I put Aramon a little bit too far forward. Uh, I got a little ballsy with him and decided to... Um, he had... Yeah, basically his Ravager and his Venoms and everything all grouped together, so I decided to spend a point, go get Infernal Gateway, uh, moved Aramon up, and then basically uh, used Infernal Gateway on that blob, but the problem was is um, uh, I then kind of extended Aramon out in the public, and what I was trying to do was uh, I forgot to warp time the other Lord Discordant that was right there next to Aramon, and the goal was to, I mean, in essence, get the get the Discordant into combat with those things, so that, therefore, um, uh, the Aramon didn't have to worry about too much being right there in his face, and unfortunately, I just completely forgot. I got very lucky. Uh, I was able to roll an 11 on the charge with him, so he was able to make it. Um, even though I had to spend a, a command point after advancing with him, that was part of the plan anyways, so... Uh, basically, uh, on a bunch of things early, I was able to exhaust some of his Vex uh, that he had, and those he, he never rolled a 6 for any of them, um, and I was fine with just kind of getting my command points back. Uh, but aside from that, uh, the game basically came down to surround transports, kill the transport. Um, Veterans of the Long War on things like Zangors uh, work very, very good when you're fighting Venoms. Uh, or even Ravagers for that matter, because now you're wounding on fours. So it, it makes a world of a difference, uh, especially with that AP2. You get about five or six wounds that'll go through when you get a big blob that gets in there. Uh, aside from that, uh, looking forward to round two and seeing who I face. Okay, so game two has started. I am playing Chris Banter. He's got uh, basically Eldar uh, and Dark Eldar mixed. He's got... Uh, six taluses, he's got two big Wind Rider squads, and then he's got some three squads of racks and a squad of Storm Guardians, and at the moment he's moving up. He's also got a, a squad of Swooping Hawks that are in reserve. Uh, he is currently at the moment moving um, most of his army up. We had Spearhot Assault for our map, um, which is the basically pointy hammer and anvil. Uh, I have deployed uh, in a wedge to counter his uh, wedge deployment. Uh, my Space Marines up are in ruins. Uh, my Lord Discordants are in the back, uh, hiding away from the 
uh, haywire, and then I've got the changeling and two of the blobs of Zangors uh, sitting out in front with Aramon and the changeling just kind of hanging out behind it. So um, <clears throat> right now it's just uh, a matter of probably trying to get to the middle here uh, because he took recon and he's going to try and get up the middle. And aside from that, it is away we go. Uh, I left a big squad of Zangors in reserve with the Terminator Sorcerer. Uh, I'm going to kind of repeat this from last game a little bit. Uh, the other thing is um, I did not take the Dark Matter Crystal because he's got mostly close combat, and I'm going to let him come to me. Okay, so turn one went very poorly for me. Uh, I lost both squads of Zangors that I had on the table. I only killed one Talos. He made six or eight feel no pings on all my smites and mortal wounds and everything, and that really hurt. Um, I couldn't finish off the squad. Uh, my Bale Flamers just whiffed. I only got like two or three shots out of them. Um, only got a few shots out of the crack missiles that went through, but it wasn't all that much. Uh, so he's pretty much about to take command of the board. I still have a big squad of Zangors in reserve and a Terminator Sorcerer in reserve, uh, but really the big problem is the all of the shots on the Wind Riders that are back in the back, and I can't get to them. And I think what's about to happen is he's going to go right through my discordance with his Haywire. Uh, my Lord of Change, even though he's taken no damage, he's about to get punished. Um, he's positioning, basically since he was able to wipe the Zangors in the Assault Phase, he was not able to... He's He's basically going to go after Armand here is what's going to happen uh, because I left it open. Uh, and that was a pretty bad mistake on my part. So uh, now now it's just a matter of uh, how many turns can I survive. Uh, at this point, I've got to scrape points together. So um, looks like I'm going to drop this game. So you've made a few mistakes in this game. One is you got to read the packet and make sure you understand engineers. It was turn two, even though they've updated it to be turn one, you need to read the rules. Second, uh, you should have not left Aramon where he was. He, you had plenty of room to work with for all his stuff. You could have kept him back. They would not have been able to get to him. Now you're going to lose Aramon and probably the Changeling as well as a result. Uh, third thing you need to be very careful of, uh, the Wind Riders, you could have defended, kept things back. You could have probably kept your Zangors in reserve so they did not get wiped off the table. Okay, so that was a dramatic turn of events. So what ended up happening was, in terms of the time of the game, it did not play out to the full uh, five, uh, six rounds. We got about, uh, I would say we were, we were into the third turn. There was a lot of mechanics happening. We had a bunch of stuff that we were actually talking with each other through. There were some unfamiliarities between the two of us with each other's armies. And what ended up happening was we just played a slow game. Um, but, you know, it didn't bother me because both of us were having, you know, a very good game. And the fact that, you know, there was just a lot of interaction happening and we only got to that point, I didn't feel like either of us were slow playing. We didn't intentionally do anything. There was just a lot of movement, a lot of um, methodical, you know, playouts in the, in the uh, you know, the, the assault phase and the psychic phase and everything. So what it ended up happening was um, the Lord Discordance basically just pulled their weight all game and he could not kill them. Uh, and towards the end, what happened was his Talos, is he was down to one Talos, in the third turn, it was wiped out. Um, he was making feel no pains left and right, but uh, what I eventually ended up being able to do is uh, wipe them. I denied him a turn on uh, recon, and uh, the Lord of Change went down, but only barely. And uh, you know, we just kind of controlled controlled the middle of the board just enough 
to make it so that he couldn't he couldn't just score points willy, um, uh, you know, willingly wherever he wanted to go. Uh, there were some crucial things I think I would have done differently in this game. I think when you're going to face like uh, that many scat bikes that he had, uh, they just they put out a ridiculous amount of shots, and they, he just was deleting Zangoria blobs. Like turn one, both my blobs were gone, and that was a big problem. So in hindsight, I might have put both of the big squads in reserve with the Terminator, and then just kind of placed accordingly and let him. You know, if he's going to delete the smaller squad, that's fine. Um, him going first also had a big effect on the game because. He was able to get Doom and Jinx and all that crap off, and that has a really big effect on uh, on how uh, how many of your guys can survive. Because obviously you don't have uh, Weaver of Fates or um, you know um, Glamorous Inch on them, and it just at the end of the day that just becomes a problem. So um, the other thing that's really kind of crappy is actually Taluses don't have the vehicle word apparently. Uh, I'm gonna have to double check that, but they don't have the vehicle keyword. Uh, your Lord of Change going through those things doesn't uh, have the ability to really regain wounds off it, and that became a really big problem. So, uh, you know, I heroically intervened uh, once, and that uh, really minor mechanic there really didn't make a big difference in the at the end. Um, but we we ended up having a finish. Uh, we ran uh, dice down at uh, bottom of, or uh, we were just in the middle of the bottom of the second uh, the bottom of the turn. Thankfully, there was enough there for us to talk out how the round would finish and figure out where the points were. And after scoring that out, uh, I ended up winning 14-13. to 13. Uh, So it was an incredibly close game. Neither of us had any animosity towards the fact that we only win three turns. Um, I think that's just a credit to when you have a, when you have a great game, that's the point. You've got, you got a time limit on the game. It doesn't mean you have to go five turns. You should, but it doesn't mean you have to. And if you have a great game at the end of it and... You know, you can both at least enter that last turn knowing, okay, look, this has to be the last turn. Then that, that's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, some games just play out very, uh, they just play out that way. So. Okay, so unfortunately I did not get any recordings done during my game with Chris Arrington. Uh, he is who I drew in round three. Uh, now, Chris is a, a player that I'm familiar with from the Houston area. Uh, he's a really good player, knows a lot of the armies very well. Um did very well at LVO this past year, or the past uh, January, and he was running a Seer Council, uh, which is kind of gaining popularity at the moment. Um, he ran a Seer Council, some Warp Spiders, um, uh, the the Spectres. I mean, so he had he had the uh, the Wind Riders, I think, at the back as well. Uh, so it was almost like a mirror match of what I had faced uh, just just before that with Chris. Um, now, the very first round and a half to two rounds went very, very controllingly in Chris's favor. Uh, he was able to kind of move up, get in my face. He buffed his Seer Council up. Um, I kind of didn't feed him the Lord, of, Lord Discordance right away. Uh, I held them back a little bit, and when we discussed the game afterwards, that was definitely something that he felt would have made a bigger impact for me, is just running them in a lot earlier. Uh, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that those guys were there when the battle mattered, uh, and not just kind of toss them to the, you know, throw caution to the wind and just toss them up there. Um, what ended happening was, um, and, and Chris even admitted this, um, about halfway through uh, the game, we start that, I guess, t- turn three or so. Um, he's definitely 
got the game in control, but it's not it's not over yet. And he just, you know, admittedly lost his focus and started, you know, just kind of I think he started chatting away with some somebody else and you know, the next thing he knows, um, you know, I'm I'm paying attention to what's going on and um, I've made a couple pretty decisive moves on the board, um, not knowing that that's what he was doing personally. I was just, you know, having a fun game with him. But, uh, you know, he kind of lost his focus. And the next thing next thing he knows, I'm I'm in his face with Zangors and stuff is dropping all over the place. And it was pretty much decided at that point. Uh, I basically got everything except for the Seer Council eliminated. And uh, at that point, once he's boxed in, he, I mean, he could fly and get away, but he, he where is he going to go? I mean, he didn't really have – he had, like, two units left there that could really control the board or control anything. And I still had, like, Lord Discordance. I still had my Space Marines in the back. I still had, um, you know, all my all my good juicy stuff was still on the board for the most part. So – that's how that game ended up going. It was another close one uh, that I ended up pulling out. Uh, so going 3-0 and that first day uh, was definitely a great feeling, um, knowing that I also was only one of two people from the Houston area uh, that did end up going uh, 3-0. and And uh, so we had, a, we had quite a little celebration that night uh, just on that fact. So... Um, I've got some notes uh, coming up here that follow up the next All right, so it is the morning after, day one. We are now on the morning on day two. I have officially gone 3-0. and um, My third match actually was very similar to how the second match went. Um, I was playing Chris Arrington, uh, who was also running another variation of Eldar. Um, he was running a Seer Council... Um, a few other units. He had a bunch of warp spiders, uh, kind of a uh, your non-typical uh, Eldar list. Uh, and basically, what happened was um, the game was playing along, and I held my uh, Lord Discordance back, maybe a little, maybe one turn too many. Uh, but I was holding them back a little bit until his Warp Hunter was gone. And then, uh, basically the Lord of Change went up, um, you know, he was, he was going to be able to put lots of shots in it, it took Kingslayer on it, so, you know, I pretty much just put it up in his face and did what I could to deny Doom and, um, guide, and after that it was just a matter of, uh, you know, the game basically turning when I threw all of the Zangors at him, um, at the, I think it was turn two, but turn three was kind of the, um, kind of the end. It was another game where just, you know, we got a very late start to the game and it ended up not going for the full time. Uh, so I'm kind of in a tough spot where I have not scored a lot of points. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually at about 63 battle points right now. Uh, but I am sitting at 10th place, uh, just because I'm three and oh, and it looks like I'm probably going to be playing guard. Uh, he's got Catachan Brigade, but then he also has uh, Cadian Tank Commanders. Uh, and that's probably going to be a real big problem for me. So, And he's got a Shadow Sword in the back as well. Um, which, against the Lord of Change, yeah, I can I can kind of see that going my way if he, if he decides to shoot that at it, but... 
it's just a matter of how the, uh, you know, what board do we draw and, um, you know, what the mission is going to be and how things uh, possibly play out. So I have a chance here to at least go uh, three and two, uh, hoping for four and one. Um, and if I, dare I say, get five and oh, that would be amazing. But uh, we got to go one game at a time here. The last match there that I played uh, against the uh, gentleman playing guard, uh, it was it was a lot of Katachan and a lot of uh, Kadiums mixed together. Um, the the match was a very tough one, but all of the losses that I had previously taken really played into this match and how well it went for me. Uh, it went Vanguard Strike. Um, basically, what ended up happening was the Lord Discordance got up and and took out the tank commanders. Uh, one of them actually took a tank commander and then piled into the shadow sword and then, you know, hammered the shadow sword. Basically, the, the trick with the tank commanders is to get them into combat so that they have to fall back. As soon as they have to fall back, he's relying on a lot of other stuff, and he's got small arms fire. He's got um, stuff that just wasn't built to be able to um, take out what I had. Uh, so that's basically not trying to recap the whole thing. Uh, it more or less was a, a, a brutal battle because we both lost nearly all of our armies, but from a point standpoint, I scored a lot higher uh, just from the Lord Discordance getting in and really pull, you know punching way above their 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 weight. Um, the Lord of Change, I think, took uh, six or seven volcano cannon shots like a champ. Uh, just ate them and, you know, survived the whole thing. I think one got through and I command point re-rolled that one. Uh, would probably do that again uh, if I had to. Uh, but uh, it was a great match and uh, the, the feeling coming out of that match was fantastic. Uh, because that that was officially the first time I had ever gone four and one at a tournament, so um, it really after that didn't matter who I faced. I just knew that this was going to be the best result that I had ever had at a tournament, and uh, I was really just going to try and enjoy this last match, play as good as I can. But uh, go for it. now, my last match here was against Andrew Ford. Uh, if you don't know who Andrew Ford is, he's uh, easily one of the best players uh, in 40k at the moment. Um, he's uh, at the time of this recording, he's in the top uh, 10. Uh, he's actually ranked number seventh overall in ITC. Uh, he's a fantastic Knights player. He uh, was running uh, Trip Knights. Uh, he had a Castellan. Uh, he had, I believe, a Gallant and a Crusader. Uh, he also had a Tank Commander. Uh, along with uh, a bunch of guardsmen uh, that came along. Um, if you remember earlier on my, in my notes, uh, this was pretty much the matchup I feared the most. And to draw Andrew Ford on top of that was, um, I knew it was going to be a tough matchup, uh, but I knew I was going to play my best that I could and do what I could to, to win it. Now, my thoughts originally were that the Crusader... Uh, and potentially the, the Gallant were going to be the two problems. Um, and lucky enough, he put the Crusader out kind of on a limb. I'm not sure whether he did that on purpose or not, 
Uh, it would have been fun to just kind of chat with him afterwards about that, but uh, I just didn't dawn on me to, to, to bring it up. Uh, essentially, we had a, I think it was Dawn of War, and the Lord of Change got into a fight with the Gallant and was gone turn two. Uh, just could not make saves, uh, could not, just got overwhelmed with the amount of damage that he took, and, uh, you know, he, he was just gone very quickly. The Lord Discordants were able to get up the board pretty quick. I did have to hide them in cover because I, I had a bad feeling I was not going to go first. I believe I did not go first. And uh, basically got the uh, Lord Discordants to the Crusader. And I want to say that one of them pretty much took the Crusader out on his own. Uh, it was just a ridiculous amount of damage that that he dished out. Um, coupled with, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, death of the false emperor the fact that it was a vehicle i mean he just he went to town against that thing um the gallant on the other hand just wouldn't die and worse to that the tank commander would also just not die uh i think i put about eight nine las cannons or missile launchers into the thing uh which is why i switched to las cannons for for bay area open uh from this match and you know, I I put all of these shots into that tank commander that was just sitting there, and I, for, it just would not roll good for me at all. Uh, either wounds wouldn't hit, or, um, you know, he would make a save on it, and that was that was that. There's just nothing I could do at that point. Um, but, you know, hats off to Andrew Ford. He he played a great game and uh, soundly beat me in that match. There was there was no doubt about it. Uh, but there were also some things I learned from it that were really cool. Um, definitely uh, some, some things that will help me uh, in the coming tournaments. Okay, so this is the first time I've had a chance to sit down and record some thoughts after the San Antonio Alamo GT uh, this past weekend. And uh, there were, you know, looking back on some things, there, were, there was a lot of things that I actually screwed up in my games. Um, so point number one was... I just completely whiffed on the rules for the Lord Discordance. It wasn't a it wasn't a matter of getting their damage and AP and things like that wrong. It was forgetting the fact that if I get the Lord Discordant within six inches of an enemy vehicle, uh, it's minus one to hit at anything in my army basically. Uh, and then the second thing was that um, the it has mortal wounds that it spits out uh, when you. Um, when you hit with one of the uh, weapons, I think it's the, the the Technovirus Injector, if it wounds, it's it's D3 Mortal Wounds just based on the fact that you wounded. And then the third thing with those guys was the fact that they give themselves plus one to hit. So there were plenty of scenarios where I should have been Death to the False Emperoring on fives, and I didn't. Uh, one of the other big things that I messed up was the Zinch Loki. Uh, I have to remember that in the fight phase that you've got that awesome mechanic where at least some dice are going to, some things are going to miss when they attack your demons. Um, this will work really well with the Lord, uh, the Lord of Change uh, when he gets in, especially like against something like a knight uh, or like, you know, if a smash captain goes after him or, you know, whatever scenario could be. Um, <clears throat> the importance is, is that can really help. Uh, with the survivability of the army. 
And I think between those two, the, that group of things, uh, those are going to be kind of the main things that I try and focus on doing better at the next tournament, uh, which is BAO. Um, <clears throat> at the time of recording this, it's actually the day I fly out uh, for BAO. This is the Thursday, uh, basically Thursday lunchtime for um, uh, the, the day before BAO officially starts, which is tomorrow. So I'm taking the same army. I'm basically, I've made a couple adjustments. So let's start first with the Zangors. I've got both 25-man blobs. They both work really good um, <laughs> when they make their charge. If they don't make their charge, they suck. Uh, but at least I then have a chance to buff them. Um, one of the things that I picked up on in these games this past weekend was it might be smarter to deep strike both squads of Zangors rather than like a squad by itself and then trying to dark matter crystal that squad. The reason is is a lot of times those squads are just going to get shot up round one. Um, and if you put both of them in reserve, you don't have to worry about it. In addition to that, it focuses the enemy towards my Lord of Change because if you look at the rest of my army, that's the thing that's kind of that next. It's either vying in priority between the Zangors or the Lord of Change. Um, <clears throat> so that's change number one uh, is the fact that those two are still in the army. But the third Zangor blob, which was about 15 of them, uh, that one's been taken out, and the the real reason I took them out is they were really just acting as a screen unit, and if that's what they're going to do, I might as well just take a squad of Rubric Marines, because they, they actually, the size of the Zangors that I had it at was more expensive than a squad of Rubric Marines. Uh, so I've taken a squad of Rubrics, I even threw the Icon of Flame in there, because I had five points laying around, and there wasn't much else I could spend it on, so... Um, so I've got a five-man squad of Rubric Marines. The other benefit of taking the Rubric Marines is now I actually can use the uh, the one CP get plus two to your to your next cast strat, uh, which can can really really be beneficial. Uh, I felt I was really missing out on that a lot of times when I go to cast something important. Uh, so hopefully that kind of helps me out a little bit. Um, otherwise, Aramon, the Terminator Sorcerer, uh, that's basically your Thousand Suns detachment. Uh, in the Zinch detachment, very minor change. We are taking the changeling out. I was not impressed with his uh, feel no pain aura and the effect that it had on everything else. And I just thought that it would make a lot more sense to take something a little bit cheaper uh, so that I could put some points elsewhere. Um, and so I'm taking a flux master uh, so that he can try and keep up with those guys. Um, <clears throat> and he's going to be able to at least give plus one strength to the, uh, the disco lords, uh, which... You know, we'll see if that actually helps at all. Uh, really, all it means is if I'm attacking knights, I'm wounding on threes with everything, uh, rather than wounding on threes with uh, just the steed and the um, uh, and the technovirus. Uh, the the real key there is that the steed is what degrades, so he goes from five to four to three in bonus attacks, and the the lord, uh, the guy riding it, doesn't degrade. Uh, so he's always got his four base attacks, and he's always hitting on twos. Well, everything is always hitting on twos with him. So the key is, can I can I strengthen the stuff that I know I'm always going to have? Uh, the other thing I need to try not to forget is the fact that um, I have the, for one CP with the Soulforge pack, you can double your wounds uh, for uh, purposes of counting, you know, what tier you're on. 
so if I get if they knock me down a tier, I have the ability to just you know for one CP go act at full tier. I don't know how useful that really is with this guy because I lose one attack. That's I mean that or movement. Um, I could see it being a big thing with movement, um, but otherwise it's it's not that big of a thing because I'm always hitting on twos. If I lose one attack here or there, that's not that big of a deal. Um, it, it, not worth one CP. It can be a big deal, but it's it's not worth that one CP. But I think the big thing is just remembering that plus one to hit with him and the minus one to hit when they get within six inches. So, um, but yeah, we've got the um, the. Fluxmaster in there now, um, just hopefully adding a little bit better offensive output with those guys, and um, he's on a disc uh, so that he can try and keep up with them. The last change that's in the list is I was not I, I took missile launchers in my uh, Chaos Space Marine squads for the purpose of being flexible and being able to handle both hordes and knights. I was not impressed with the missile output when it came to fighting the plethora of T8 stuff that's on the board. Uh, and when I looked at things in hindsight, there's very little T7 actually out there in the meta at the moment. Uh, so the change to running three LAS cannons essentially means I'm always wounding on threes. And the, with the added AP that's on there, um, that actually I think is going to help a little bit because I can death hex a knight and shoot it with last cannons and actually force them to, you know, back onto a six up save, which is much better than a five up save. Five up save, if you think about it, is twice as good as a six up save. Uh, so I'd rather, um, I'd rather put them back on that very low tier if I can. And, and, you know, those, those will be much likely, much more likely to get through. And with D6 damage from it, um, those, those have a chance to just kind of give me some backfire support. And then when you talk about things like Lehman Russes and things like that, it's really, I don't have to worry about death hex. Um, but, uh, all in all, those are just very minor adjustments that I've made. Um, and really it's just taking the same list and hoping for good matchups. Um, you know, the irony was at San Antonio, I, you know, I got a, a decent first matchup, I think, but after that, uh, two Eldar armies, those could have very easily been two losses in a row, and I think, to just be completely honest, I got lucky. Uh, I got lucky that um, in in the second game, we had some things just take longer than we expected. Neither of us had animosity towards the length of a game, uh, but... Uh, we had just some things take longer than expected, and the next thing we know, we're you know the game's over. And uh, I happened to be up at points at that time, and that's how that ended. Um, the third game, you know, I, I had a great discussion with uh, with Chris about it. And uh, uh, Chris Arrington, if you if you're not familiar with him, he's a he's a pretty well known player out of the Houston area. He does he did very well at LVO, and he's he's been playing tournaments for quite a while. So. Um, I, I've had the, um, uh, I've, I've basically been able to know him from playing him at, a, or playing with him at tournaments and things like that. So, you know, we were real familiar with each other, but we, we ironically had not actually played a game against each other. And so, um, I think from, from his standpoint, when we were playing, there were a couple of things where he just kind of lost his focus in the game and he kind of admitted that and that probably threw the game my way and, you know. That's okay. That sometimes your opponents are going to do that. I'm, I'm, you know, if I did that, I, hey, that's 
all of the credit to my opponent, he stayed focused. And in that case, I stayed focused, and that's how that turned out. So um, the game against the Cadians definitely was something where that was – I played that game very well. I felt uh, that was a bad, bad matchup. So probably three out of the five were very bad matchups. My last matchup with Andrew Ford was probably a outmatch in just player skill. Um, he's just he's just on another level for me at the moment, and uh, you know f- from from a matchup standpoint with the armies, I I probably had a good matchup there. Uh, trip knights with uh, you know the amount of smite and uh, damage I can do with mortal wounds and stuff like that. But you know you you look at the player skill there, and I think that's that's probably what won that game. Um, <clears throat> so all in all, going to San Francisco, uh, it's going to be kind of like a mini Vegas because it's going to be a um, three-day event tomorrow, or three-game event tomorrow, and then a three-game event on uh, Saturday. Uh, so, you know, the, the the goal for me is just obviously win as many games as I can, but, um, you know, I think if I can get some good matchups, that'll probably help a little bit. So hopefully some of the stuff I've learned here over the last uh, weekend is going to help. I'm going to continue to do some notes here uh, for, uh, BAO once I'm, uh, or once I'm done with the, uh, the event and I've had a chance to kind of recover, uh, I will, uh, get these notes and, and some of those notes kind of assembled into a, uh, kind of a little, uh, two-part, uh, series here. So with that, 